Hi and welcome back to PodAx. Before I jump into telling you what today's PodAx is all about, a little note about the slightly echoey sound quality on today's intro. Um, for those of you who are reading our parent company, Art Naudas' newsletter, Probably Relevant, you are aware of the fact that I am in the midst of a renovation job at home. And while that does mean I'm spending a lot of time on a table watching paint dry, quite literally, uh, I'm also currently out of a recording space. So this is me making the best of what is a situation that is hopefully fast coming to an end. You can send me good wishes to get me through this on our Instagram at Barely Research Facts. Uh, but by next episode, we should be back to our fabulous sound quality once again. Also on a side note, if you aren't subscribed to our newsletter, you totally should be because apart from just giving you details about personal sagas, we do put in some fantastic information about all the stuff we come across while researching for BRF and living our lives in general and so much stuff doesn't go into the podcast but finds its way to our newsletter. So get a jump on that, you guys. All right. Today's podcast is not just a segment from an episode, but it is a full length episode. Uh, and by full length episode, I mean it is one of our Shots on Us episodes. It's our first ever Shots on Us. We launched BRF Shots on Us last year in June 2021. Keeping in with the times, the episode is on the word pride. We started with a little bit of history on the usage of the word pride and its lesser used synonym hubris. Our beloved podcast mascot Jeff also makes an appearance here so you can say a hi to him when you stumble upon him there. We then move on to giving you some fascinating facts from the Gay Pride Parade and just the amount of coordination and organization that goes into this massive event. And Shah ends the episode with a super heartwarming story that I'm not going to tell you anything about but I'm going to let you take a listen to the episode and experience for yourself. Enjoy the episode you guys. We'll see you soon in a couple of weeks with what will be our last podcast and then we will see you on the 2nd of July with BRF season 2. Save the date. So before we come to, you know, sort of the more contemporary use of the word pride and the political use of the word pride, in its most original sense, which is in the earliest uses of the word pride, it was really not something to be proud of, ironically. And it actually carried the meaning of, as is even the case today, of someone with inordinate self-esteem or an unreasonable sense of conceit or superiority. And so in earlier uses, you would also always find the word pride used in its capitalized form because it referred to one of the seven deadly sins. Mm. And of course, as you know, words evolved. There is, you know, words also have a journey. And so pride has slowly evolved into being used in a more positive connotation. The more reasonable uses of the word pride only start beginning as a form of self-respect, start beginning to appear only in the 14th century. Okay. So you were talking about the journey that words have. And I think while pride has a relatively positive connotation these days, something that doesn't, which is in close relation to it, is the word hubris. And what that word means mm. is excessive pride or self-confidence. And that's what it means in modern usage. But in ancient Greece, hubris was the intentional use of violence to humiliate or degrade. And um, obviously the word's connotation changed over time. And hubris came to be defined as an overweening presumption that leads a person to disregard the divinely fixed limits on human action in an ordered cosmos. Trust the Greeks to come up with wow. stuff like this. Um, at the time of Solon in the 6th century BCE, Solon was an Athenian administrator. Hubris was a crime that could be punishable by law. And what was interesting was that any citizen could bring charges against another party, as was the case also for treason or impiety. So if Jeff across the street pissed you off because he had an olive tree that, you know, he just wouldn't prune. Why won't you prune your olive tree, Jeff? You could just pretend 
<laughs> that he was being hubristic and treasonous and impious and you could point the finger at him and uh, have him taken away in handcuffs so that's interesting good times huh? <laughs> um but obviously hubris means something quite different these days while it's not punishable by law uh, it's um probably immoral rather than <laughs> illegal so it's just yeah, not great just all around not great <laughs> this is make you a very nice person <laughs> Uh, yeah and so moving from coming back to the word pride actually in middle english you sort of you know you start saying so the word like proper pride personal pride good repute you sort of start seeing it being used more in those connotations and also just general prowess or spirit especially when it came to an animal and so you somewhere you start seeing uses like the first time it was applied to a group of lions it was in the late 15th century you we all know that a group of lions is collectively called a pride because lions have a certain stately quality they're seen as regal and elevated in their group and so you can see that you know the word pride has now started slowly taking on a more positive connotation mm-hmm. one of the earlier uses of the word pride where it started taking on a positive connotation was also sometime around the 15th century when it was first used to reference an erect penis oh i did was, uh, did not yeah. know that was going there okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah you did that by surprise right <laughs> but uh, meaning that which makes a person or people most proud okay <laughs> I I suspect a man came up with this. <laughs> and in the 1610s pride was first paired with prejudice, you know, and then slowly it started making its journey into more common use in different forms. Hmm. And of course now in today's day and age pride is most commonly associated with with gay pride yeah. and which is you know and June is pride month we all know that to give you a little bit of history about how the pride parade first originally came about was as a result of riots in New York at the Stonewall Inn mm. back in the 1960s when people weren't openly talking about their sexual orientations mm. and were rather keeping it you know they were kind of hushing it up especially if they didn't they weren't normatively heterosexual there were certain establishments in New York City that sort of welcome gay people and Stonewall Inn was one of these establishments it was raided by the police some 400 people protested this police raid and it became quite a violent activity and in the June of the following year marches began to commemorate mm. the riots at Stonewall in New York and Los Angeles and this was the beginning of the pride parade Oh that's interesting. We all obviously in bits and pieces know about the pride parade and how many people attended. I was interested in not only how many people attended but also who organizes it because at the end of the day while it may sound like a uh, pretty simple march from point A to B and look fabulous and resist against <laughs> the things that need resistance. I was interested in who the organizers were. So I'll go into a little bit about the numbers first before the organizers. The first march in 1970 in New York City I'll concentrate a little bit on the numbers in New York City in this bit. Since 1984, the pride and related LGBT pride events in New York City have been by far really the most popular in terms of coverage as well as numbers attended. So Stonewall 50, which was a series of LGBTQ events and celebrations in June of 2019, uh, marked the 50th anniversary of the 1969 Stonewall riots. It was also the first time that World Pride was held in the United States, and the celebration was the largest LGBTQ event in history. It had an official estimate of 5 million 
attending Pride Weekend in Manhattan alone. Wow. And this is including an estimate of 4 million that attended the parade. So it's not only people marching in the parade, obviously, it's also bystanders and things like that. So the attendance to just watch the parade and is as big. Parade went on for 12 hours and included 150,000 pre-registered participants among 695 groups. So, wow. yeah. And um, now coming to the organizers, they're known as Heritage of Pride and they are... Wait for it, this is a mouthful. A volunteer spearheaded, non partisan, tax exempt, non profit organization. <laughs> and uh, they welcome participation regardless of age, creed, gender, and they've been in charge of the Pride Parades since 1984. Wow, oh, that's actually super interesting because I have never once thought about, you know, I just think of it as this phenomenon that just happens and everyone just comes together for yeah. it. But you're right, like it actually does take a lot. Of, I've never really thought about the back yeah, end. because it's so much coordination and, you know, registration and, I oh know. my God, all of these things that I would not touch with a barge pole. <laughs> but good on them. <laughs> good. Well done then. I also wanted to just talk a little bit about the gay flag. Do you know what the colors represent? I didn't. I know a little I'd, bit. I... Didn't know what all the colors represented. So in 1978, the most recognizable symbol of gay pride, which is the rainbow flag, made its debut. The flag with its eight colors, and now I'll rattle through the colors, sexuality symbolized by hot pink, life by red, healing by orange, the sun by yellow, nature by green, art by blue, harmony by indigo and spirit by Violet, was designed by San Francisco artist Gilbert Baker and was adopted worldwide thereafter. So apparently the year after, a six-color flag was adopted, which is in common use today. And the colors that made it to the six-color flag were red, orange, yellow, green, blue, with harmony being replaced by art, as symbolized by blue in the flag, and purple or violet. And uh, this was partially because of the unavailability of some of the fabric colors. So, yeah, <laughs> that's... Oh, I do not yeah, know that. It's interesting. All right. Also, in the 1960s, Pride was also associated with, with the civil rights movements for black rights. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of reference to black pride. And on that note, there is also a very specific Black Pride Parade in the UK that, that is still ongoing. That began in 2005 as a day trip to Southend-on-Sea <laughs> by members of an online social network called Black Lesbians in the UK, cool. abbreviated to BLUK. And as of 2018, approximately 7,500 people have attended the UK Black Pride. Cool. And so that's a whole sub-segment of the Pride Parade where there is representation for black gay people. Okay, and to end it on an adorable note, there is this lady called Frances Golden who has attended the New York Pride Parade for 40 years and counting. She's not missed one parade wow. and she has had the same sign throughout those 40 years and by the same sign, I mean literally the same sign, not that she's remade it. It's the same sign that she held at the first one and it reads, I adore my lesbian daughters keep them safe. Oh, wow. That is, oh, my God. That is hard. I know. It's adorable. Throughout the march, you know, Miss Golden is approached by different like attendees, police officers, elected officials, because they all know who she is. She's 95 years old. And she also runs the Francis Golden Literary Agency. And she spent a career fighting against overdevelopment and gentrification. So she's a pretty impressive lady. Yeah, her daughters have said, People are drawn because it's just so personal. My mother doesn't just love her daughters. She adores us. There's a difference. Oh. <laughs>
That's sweet. <laughs> All right, and with that, uh, this is the end of our first ever shots. Write into us, let us know what you thought about it. We will keep coming up with more and more of these, and hopefully, the more shots we do, the more frequent our episode releases are. So we look forward to seeing you soon. And the next time we see you, it will be with a full-length episode all over again. See you. See you guys. Thank mm-hmm. you.